Hi, this is John Reed. Uh, in the third podcast in my reboot series, this is a discussion with Chris Kernigan, who is uh, crazy passionate about basis and sysadmin, but also the impact of cloud on the enterprise. And he's been a one of the biggest advocates of what's called DevOps in the uh, technical community, I guess you could say, uh, and certainly within the SAP community. So if you're interested in the relevance of IT to business, I think you'll enjoy this conversation. Uh, this one was videotaped, so you can catch video version if you want to see it. Uh, to be honest with you, there's not a whole lot to see. <laughs> it's just Chris and I shooting the shit on uh, Google Hangouts. But this is about a half-hour discussion, and I hope you enjoy it. And I've been having a freewheeling conversation about the f- DevOps and these freakish system administration passions that you have. Oh, they're they're quite quite deviant in some some cases. It, it's definitely a passion. It's very very definitely a passion of mine. So, what are the uh, what are the predicaments and opportunities for for today's system administrator? What are you hearing from customers? What are you trying to deal with? Time. Um, time is a ridiculously precious commodity. Um, you know, we're coming out of the back of a recession. Um, things are obviously improving now, but you know, a lot of places were, were, were taken to the bone and people were asking to do more with less. The way we're always told to in many regards. Um, and but technology has moved on loads and you know the the, the you know, we all talk about the consumerization of IT and how you know, we talked about the time to value of tools and apps as you get closer to the consumer need to be shorter and so system administrators are being asked to expose more within their IT estate um, and provide better tools for people to do interesting things. Uh, so really it just comes down to time for a lot of people. It's not even about resources, it's just having the time to stay ahead, uh, you know, not, not even time to implement, it's just time to actually keep up and, 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 and know what it is that you're supposed to be doing strategically as well as tactically. Do you feel that the jobs of yourself and your system admin brothers and sisters are are deeply threatened by the cloud, or is cloud just an opportunity to uh, reinvent and and do your job better? I think it's actually it's a way to actually reinvent and do your job better. You know, it, it's there are obviously going to be people who in the on-premise world are sitting and going, "Oh my God, they're going to take my you know they're going to take the CRM system off me and stick it up in Salesforce." Um, but then whenever you realize that, well, actually, it still needs an integration platform to do stuff back in-house. We still need to report on stuff. It just becomes a different way of provisioning and, and doing things. And then that's just a SaaS model. Whenever you get to pass an infrastructure as a service, there's still a lot of stuff that you need to do, an awful lot of stuff. Yeah, you know, when the HANA Enterprise Cloud was announced, I was in a back-channel chat with a bunch of mentors, SAP mentors, senior technical types, and I remember a couple of them saying like, oh my god, this is totally going to take my job away or whatever because they were, uh, you know, implying that, okay, if the cloud provider is going to take over a lot of the sysadmin, then what is left for me? Um, mm. But I, th- I thought Ethan Jewett made some really important points, which is that his point was that, you know, you should welcome a challenge to these commodity skills because it's it's a, it's a challenge for you to then redefine your skills 
in a way that's more business relevant, that's more advisory, that is more strategic. So it's not like you're necessarily giving up your role, but it does push you to um, to reinvent. What are your thoughts? Absolutely. Um, it, I, I, I have said on many occasions, um, within the DevOps world, we, 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 we have this concept of there is a gap between the application and the, uh, the, the infrastructure and the database. And, and the person who succeeds the best is the one who actually bridges all those gaps. So you can talk code to a developer and actually do the initial debugging on an application. You can speak to a storage specialist about uh, SAM infrastructure or a network person. And having this broad range of skills as a facilitator makes your life a lot a lot more interesting because literally it, it can be something different every day and within the cloud world that doesn't actually change and whenever you move into new technologies like HANA well not new, new now but you know in newer technologies like HANA um, I know basis administrators are going to have to debug SQL they're going to have to performance trace SQL similarly the way app operators are going to have to learn how to write proper SQL if you stick your applications in the HANA Enterprise Cloud, your administrators and your developers are going to have to come a lot closer together, speak the same language, and find a common place. And it's just going to be really exciting. So it is, it's not about us and them, it's about how do you actually do something really interesting in a, a new way. And it could, it'll be absolutely fascinating. Chris, you're frustrating me because I'm trying to scare the crap out of you. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to make you... <laughs> I'm trying to terrify you about the future of your archaic on-premise skill set. You're getting all excited about all these changes. Dude, in five days, when, you know, in five or six days when Junior K comes along, that is when I'm going to be terrified. You see all this stuff? Uh, I see. You know, yeah. That, that, if, you, if you said to me, you're going to have to, you know, for the next, for the rest of your life, you're now responsible for a little living person, that is a scary thing. That's fair, fair, fair rebuttal, Chris. That's fair. So, so you you snuck in a buzzword on us. Yeah. Uh, nice try, nice try, buddy. We started talking about DevOps as if we're all supposed to understand what that means. Um, so yeah. I'm I'm going to challenge you to do two things: to define DevOps in a way that someone like me can understand it, and then and then to tell me why it's important. So. DevOps is a, it's a portmanteau of the word developer and operations. And basically, it is a philosophy that is uh, built on the agile principles. Okay, uh, Agile traditionally was applied to projects. We want to apply stuff to operations so that the business derive the benefits of not only faster projects, but cleaner and better administration and better communication. It's about breaking down the silos that exist within IT. It's not about a race of super admins. It's not about sysadmins becoming developers. It's not about giving developers route. It's about communicating using common languages and common tools. So we talk in our own conversation about testing tools and things like that and change, change management tools. Um, by having projects and administrators and developers and business users all using the same tools, 
it means we create a common language. And by creating a common language, a common language, it means we can work more effectively together. One of the things that silos do is stop common languages forming, which then cause problems. If we use the same language, then we can not have as many problems and we can do more for ourselves, for our businesses, and for our ecosystem. Yeah, I've seen some uh, cool, trendy blogs about DevOps. Have yeah. you uh, seen customers uh, adopt this successfully, and how does that work? Oh, it's a difficult one. They, they have a saying that DevOps is a journey, not a destination. Mm -hmm. um, it's not a, or it's not a deliverable, it's a way of life. So um, we are very, very lucky within SAP with the fact that our concept of change is very, very mature. So it is, you know, DevOps was 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 instigated in some respects as a, as a as because people had uncontrolled landscapes within web dev, for example. You know, people were doing development on their laptops and then deploying it to production. It broke, and then the standard answer was, well, it worked on my laptop. And the sysadmin's answer was, do I put your laptop in the server room and run the website on that then? Whereas we have a really strong and mature concept of change. Um, so yeah, no, there's lots of people doing lots of aspects of DevOps. You know, I would say SAP change management is very, in many customers, very agile and, and, and very DevOps-like. Um, the things like Solution Manager is a very DevOps-like tool in the, what it does. So it does a lot of things, and it's a central repository. So it has the system landscape information. It has the change management information. It has the monitoring. It's just a beast of an application. So it is that you know a lot of people don't implement properly. So in the wider world, there are lots of companies, companies like Etsy, uh, companies like uh, Amazon, companies like Facebook, companies like Google, they all do DevOps. They all do it. This is not new. It's common sense in many respects, but in enterprise class situations, it's very, very unknown. You have guys like Jess Humble, uh, Gene Kim, Patrick Dubois, um, all coming from web world into, and, and you know, Great, great guys, very knowledgeable guys. Uh, Jess Humble and Gene Kim specifically are doing more enterprise stuff and have been doing enterprise stuff for a long time. Uh, Jess Humble wrote the book on continuous, continuous delivery. Um, you know, so there's lots of people doing it. I've had two major oil companies come to me and say, "We really like your DevOps stuff. When you come and talk to us and show you how to show us how to do it." And so. There are people here definitely waking up to it within the enterprise market. I like that phrase, mature approach to change, Chris. That's a good one. <laughs> well, it, 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 on the one hand, it is, it is mature. I won't say it's particularly well implemented in every customer, though. Another, in other words, we're experts in delayed gratification. <laughs> that's, yes. that's awesome. Yeah. That, that's, that's definitely something to be proud of. <laughs> I, I, I dare you to say that the hassle. I really do. <laughs> I, I can tell you, you know, get a very funny reply. 
the last time I mentioned Solution Manager to Hasso, I got a very funny reply, but unfortunately I can't say that here. No. Um, but let's let's go back on safer ground. Yep. Uh, you're you're talking about when I hear you talk about DevOps, I hear uh, in my mind I I see a lot of productive dialogue between admins and developers, mm -hmm. and I see kind of a healthy blurring of the lines uh, where you know developers aren't going away for six months and coming back with something that may or may not be relevant, and a lot of that sounds really good. But I didn't hear much talk about the business. Does the business fit into DevOps? Or is it just uh, oh. geeks and propeller heads talking to each other all day long? No, no. The as I said, it comes down to a, a framework. Of, uh, it comes down to a common language, and yes, a lot of that language will be between propeller heads and all the rest. But ultimately, we are servicing users and user requests, and you know the interaction, the business is absolutely critical. You know, because DevOps is built on the uh, foundations of agile, the idea and the concept of, of strong feedback loops of critique at every option or every opportunity by the business is central to what DevOps actually is. So, you know, what you do is you, you organize your work in the sprints. So you do on the basis of you know a strategy or tactical need. And you always have a customer who, for the output of those tasks, and you have to, you know, you have to engage in what a definition of done is. You have to engage on what the progress of that is, and then you have to stand up and present it to your customer at the end of it. So that feedback loop into the business is absolutely critical to it. So it is because it moves so fast. You potentially, if you've got a really strong continuous integration and continuous delivery pipeline into production, you could deviate very, very quickly from what the strategic aims of the business are unless you speak to them on a regular basis. So how you keep the alignment is constant communication. Mm. It sounds like that also implies new approaches to testing uh, because you're going to, instead of having these large testing cycles that are largely controlled by IT, you may need to pull business in for quick bursts of testing, right? Uh, when new uh, production scenarios go live quickly, is that part of what's going to happen? Or I would, I, I would even challenge the statement of bringing the business in for quick rounds of testing. Ideally, what you should have is an automated progression test pack mm -hmm. um, that would follow something like the eighty twenty rule. I, I've, I've done a lot of thinking about it. Where is I, I can see that. Is testing linear or is it exponential based on the length of time of your release cycle? So if you have a quarterly, if, let's say you've got a quarterly release cycle and you have to expand testing on 4,000 objects as opposed to 4, 000, uh, 40 business processes, it is, if you shorten that to a monthly cycle, you know, how much extra are you going to have to test? You know, is it is it is it linear in the fact that it just goes like that, or is it exponential and it goes like that? Uh, I I came to the the, the non-conclusive answer that it was somewhere in between, but I thought it was closer to linear than it was the exponential. In which case, if you have an automated progression test pack, then you can actually do releases more frequently because you've automated it. You have, and it it seems to make sense. And then you bring the business in for that little twenty percent, or for the little. 2% that you're actually going to change. 
So where you have a, a business change or a process change or a workflow change or a, a patch, if you do the automation across the 80% of the business that it's not going to touch as a regression test, and then bring the business in to do that little risk-based test of the 2%, you're saving an awful lot of testing cycles. So you are. You know, ideally, what I'd love to see is whenever a developer releases a transport, it's automatically imported into QAS. That night, there is a unit or a, a an integration test cycle that's automated. And when the developer comes in in the morning, he get he or she gets an email and says, "Your object passed. Well done." Now it moves on to user acceptance testing, which is a manual process. Right. That would be beautiful, and that's what they do. That's what they do in all these companies we talked about before, in Facebook, in uh, you know Google, all these types of stuff. You know, it only it's late in the process that these guys get involved in testing in in a, in a manual way. Gotcha. So, in the wonky analyst world that I circulate in, we're seeing the impact of cloud and large enterprise, especially in certain areas like HCM or or CRM or uh, yep. procurement and supply networking. Are you seeing that with your customers? And if so, does that throw down a serious challenge to to reckon with that from a sysadmin perspective? How what, do you have the tools you need to manage those environments? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> and that, that, yeah. That's the really interesting question. I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm working on a, a local authority bid at the moment on my day job, and we're putting in Ariba. Well, they are, they're already an existing Ariba customer, and they want to put in success factors for their H or their uh, HCM um, stuff. And the fascinating thing about it is, I know how to integrate them with PI at a theoretical level. How I actually monitor the performance, I do not know. Right. I really don't. Um, I, I know that I can go to the web world and my friends in the web world and say, guys, how do you actually performance monitor a SaaS application? Is it a case of you don't, uh, you just monitor the latency? Or is it a case of there's an API that you can pull information from? I don't know what it is. Again, it's one of those things. I'm just sitting looking at it, going, "I'm going to learn something new today." Yeah, you are. I yeah. mean, I know. I know we're talking with SAP recently about uh, the need for these landscape management tools that allow, you know, the management of these cloud environments. Because for a lot of these companies, it isn't going to be a pure cloud landscape, right? So they are going to have a team internally that's going to be thinking about the exact same questions you are, which is. Yeah. How do I integrate data, and how do I account for performance issues, and how do I account for for upgrades that might impact things on the back end? How do I deploy code? How yeah. do I do you? Know, how do I manage change from what we've already said is a mature change management point of view, if not particularly well implemented in some customers? But how do I manage code changes? What level of interaction do I have to do? You know, it's the difference between what's development, what's configuration, and what's customization, and what levels of each do I have within each of these applications, and how do I manage that change through not just my own SAP landscape, but through the SaaS landscape? I keep trying to scare the crap out of you, man. I just keep failing. 
Yeah, the, you don't. You're like all. You're all all excited to learn these new skills, and I'm saying to you, like, you don't feel at all exposed that you have a whole different kind of environment on your hands, and you're not sure how to deal with it. Yeah, there 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 always will be a case of you know there there are days you wake up and you think, oh geez, I have to learn something new today, or you know, I you know I've got somebody knocking down my door. Uh, you know, yes, in, in this situation with this local authority, this is a, a, an RFP and things like that, I think I would be a lot more stressed about it if I was at the implementation stage and didn't know anything about it and sitting thinking, Christ, I, I have to know, I have to work out how to do this, otherwise we're in breach of contract. Um, yeah, no, of course there are days when you wake up and you go, yeah, everything's going to change. But I've just had the last nine months of thinking everything's going to change. <laughs> I'm kind of used to it by now. <laughs> yeah, it's becoming a way of life, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but no, there, so. I look around at people that I know in the ecosystem and some of the skill sets that are there. And there are people who have some really difficult choices to make, um, whether they decide to move higher into the application or whether they decide to go niche and go, you know, a, you know, high, uh, what is it, uh, you know, boutique consultancy and do stuff. But uh, there are, there, there are hard choices, but the bottom line is, don't, we, we live in technology, we work in technology, the concept that life is going to remain static is wrong and will never be the case. You, you, um, if you don't adapt, you die, and that's that. That's the bottom line. And so, you do this job, you live its life, you live by its rules, and that is learning on a constant basis. Either. No pun intended. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know, I was thinking about this earlier today about how. Uh, SAP and other large BI vendors have faced serious challenges from upstart players that have targeted line of business with much more rapid implementations. And I was thinking about how this seems to be impacting system administration as well, because mm. it seems like it seems like so often we're hearing about these sort of large, unwieldy tool sets. But then on the side, I'm hearing about really interesting stuff that can be done with open source tools and uh, Light lightweight testing solutions, and are are you sensing change in there, or and are you a part of that change, or are you resisting that change? Uh, okay, so the, I think there's three questions in that. So, am I seeing a lot more open source tools entering e, uh, the enterprise market? I am. Um, part of that is to do with the fact that the we're all getting a little bit closer together, and we're all cross fertilizing each other. So. Um, yeah, we, 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 we do see more of these tools. Um, I think SAP needs to get out a little bit more in terms of, I, I at the top forum, I'll give you an example, they showed us a network tool um, that SAP developed that will push a configuration onto a firewall or a network device. And I looked at it and I said, I actually said to the guy, I said, there is no way on God's earth a network administrator or a security administrator is going to let me use that tool on their infrastructure. And similarly, there's no way they're going to use it because they have their own tools. So why can't I use their tool? Why do they have to use my tool? 
And it can start the conversations like that. Whose tool do you use? Who's who's is more in use than others? And this is one of the reasons why SAP uh, and, and enterprise software, as, as a general rule, needs to get closer to, to IT in general. Because I'll give you an example. There's a product called Logstash, which is I think it's written by Jordan Sissel. Lovely, really, really nice tool. But it takes about 300 different feeds of information in various formats, or it takes a ridiculous number, and it puts it all in a coherent log. So the potential of that, as I understand it, because I haven't used it yet, it's on the list. Um, I can I could take my SAM, my operating system, my virtualization platform, my SAP platform, and all the rest of it. And let's say I suffered a SAM failure or a network failure at five past nine on a Monday morning. I could go to Logstash and basically say, show me all the logs from nine to ten past nine, and I would be able to look in real in, and see the cascade failure throughout my entire infrastructure and what the consequences of that are as each of the log files come in and register that there's something that's happened on the network. Okay, and it would enable me to, to then you know to track back and see what the source of that failure actually was, and that's massively powerful mm. because it means that I'm not sitting to the, the 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 general IT guys going well SAP's down. Okay, I can actually go to them or we can go together and say let's query all the log files and find out where the problem actually is rather than spending the first ten minutes going it's you. And those types of tools are really, really powerful. So um, I am involved with a group of people on the SAP admin front and the DevOps front to actually to educate and, and bring these tools to the fore. And you know, sometimes it's literally as easy as a tweet to say, looking at Logstash, and then all of a sudden they get about 10 people coming back to me saying, that was a really cool tool really quite interested by that and um, you know it, it, it's all done sort of by word of mouth at the moment it, it's kind of uh, quite grassroots yeah I was going to ask you if you thought that customers are aware of these kinds of tools and approaches I talk to an awful lot of customers that say oh I'm using and they'll rattle off some pretty standard names of old-school testing environments and they don't yeah. seem they don't seem particularly thrilled with some of these tools and environments, but they're kind of locked into doing it a certain way. And Do you think there's a lack of awareness? There needs to be some education around what can be done? It comes back to this, the, the very first question you asked me, and that was, you know, what are the challenges? And time is one of them. And the time is very, very definitely a challenge for a lot of people. And, you know, if we get into tool sets, you know, if time is already a limiting factor within people's professional life, um, on their day job, then that, that all-important time to value ratio becomes even more important. So it is, uh, if people aren't necessarily aware of tools, then yes, that's a challenge to the, the company who makes the tool to spread awareness, but also it can come down to the fact that there just isn't time for people to uh, sit and play with stuff. Uh, I haven't said that, you know, we are, with virtualization and cloud and infrastructure as a service and platform as a service, I don't think we've ever been as technologically rich. We just happen, and in terms of documentation rich and community rich, we just are time poor. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, I've talked with a lot of SAP and Oracle customers about uh, upgrades, and unfortunately, upgrades are a fact of life in, yeah. in on-premise environments, and uh, I think both companies are trying to address that in certain ways, but, you know, one of the things you run into is that even if you might have gotten to the latest releases, maybe you acquired another company, or a very common scenario is instance consolidation. Companies realize, why the heck do I have 37 CRM systems and 25 ERP systems, and <laughs> that's not adding any value? Why did this happen? And and so, so you're trying to fix all that. And what I'm struck by and what really concerns me is that the amount of effort that goes into these patches and upgrades versus the amount of time IT folks have for mission-critical business projects that yeah. actually support the business and actually help their own uh, resumes, if you will, uh, that we accomplish these things for the business, that it's, it's these IT folks are having such trouble in large enterprises knocking the business projects off the wish list. And it strikes me that they should be concerned about that right now. I don't know if you agree, but it's something I've seen again and again. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it, this is one of the reasons why we love DevOps. You know, the purpose of DevOps is to, you know, automate the hell out of as much as possible, which then frees us up to do the interesting things, to, you know, automate and standardize as much of your bread and butter stuff. You know, like the server, you know, don't do, don't, don't have people doing daily checks on systems. Have exception-based reporting, automated exception-based alerting and reporting, which then means the person who used to be doing the checks can now be freed up to do a business project that is going to be a lot more interesting than his or her uh, checks. Um, and yeah, we, we have seen a, a massive shift in ISAP does upgrades and, and patches and things like that. It started off with the support pack stacks, which then meant, right. you know, I, I've done, in the last six weeks, I think I've done eight different rounds of patching for internal systems. And I can quite safely say, and don't anybody jump up and down and do what I do, I. I, I didn't. Re I read the release note for the stack. That was it. Before I would have had to have read every SAP note for every component for every patch level. Mm. But now I, I download the stack. I read the stack release note. If there's nothing in there that jumps out at me, I just apply the stack and away it goes. And I'm a happy, happy person. And more than that, I have now tools that. Uh, the software update manager from within SAP that is just phenomenal and does a really, really good job. Um, so from that point of view, um, you know, the, the, the patching processes become easier, the administration becomes easier because you're using tools and automation, testing can become easier because again, you want to automate it as much as possible. And all the time, you're trying to free us, free people up to do interesting stuff do more interesting things that you know the business wants us to do. Let's face it, I think you, you made the point before, the business wants to do interesting stuff, move themselves forward. What they don't want to hear is actually we have to do a, 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 an upgrade to the SAP system or to the uh, 
I don't know, the, the, the Oracle system because the, this, this functionality doesn't exist. Um, yeah, it, it, project until then. Yeah, I was saying before we started taping, I was telling you that it gets awkward when the business wants to uh, activate a new uh, warehouse management system, and you have to say to them, "Well, actually, we're not on uh, release seven point three point four point six yet, so we can't can't implement that. We got to do a whole series of patches and upgrades." Yeah. And I don't I don't think any IT person relishes being in that position right now, and. Uh, unfortunately, keeping things safe and secure and the engine running uh, is somewhat of a thankless aspect, right? I mean, that's just that's just the bottom line. That's expected. Now yep. it's about now it's about how are we how are we using IT to compete, right? Because yep. otherwise, why do we have an IT department at all? Um, yeah. I mean, that's that's sort of the question I think that's coming. Um, it, it, it's an interesting one. The the, the is IT a cost center or is it a profit center? I actually think it's neither. It's probably it should be seen as a value center. Um, you know, how does it actually drive business value? Because at the end of the day, if it's a cost center, then it just sucks money from people. If it's a profit center, then it's selling itself to the bit to the business and probably just about doing what the business wants and no more. If it's a value center, then it actually has to strategically align with the business and do the stuff that, you know, in parallel with the business. So I think that, that may be a better way of looking at it. Well, as you said, we're mature when it comes to change, so we don't have to solve this in today's discussion. No, no definitely not. Definitely not. We may have to resolve it in Vegas. <laughs> we may have to address this by the fall conference season, right? Um, I think so. I think so. It'll, it, it's a tough job, John, but somebody has to do it. By the way, can you believe we made it through an entire 30-minute uh, discussion of, of these issues that touched a lot on SAP where we didn't mention HANA once? I mean, that's... I, 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 I'll not apologize for that. No, actually, I'm sorry. <laughs> is, that, is that a weakness or a strength of our current discussion? It's hard to say. Probably a bit of both. I think it is a bit of both. The you know, from within my day job at Cap, you know, we we have Hana customers. We have a lot of you know, we're seeing a lot of ramp up in terms of Hana. Um, I think in terms of the administration and things like that as well. Uh, you know, obviously there's the technical Hana certification at associate level and things like that. It's not something that. I'm using an anger on a daily basis, so it, it doesn't necessarily form part of my critical thinking right now, but certainly it's something that I know that in you know in the next sort of probably after I come back from paternity leave, we'll probably have to uh, start to actually design best, uh, I'm not going to say best practices, but certainly good practices in system administration for HANA systems. You know, one of the things I'm really looking forward to is being able to expose everything as OData and uh, having it accessible on mobile devices and things like that there in terms of administration. But yeah, look, it, it's not something I'm playing with on a daily basis, not like John Appleby, who's you know, absolutely Hannah crazy. Uh, unfortunately, right. my, my focus right now is and passion is around operations, and I see lower hanging fruit right now around setting better ground work 
is for HANA when it comes into most customers to take advantage of? Well, there you have it, folks. System admin is nothing when it comes to fatherhood. <laughs> Adapt or die. Uh, change, change is exciting. Don't feel threatened by it. Uh, DevOps, DevOps rules. I think we. That's pretty much the summary, right? <laughs> I think so. I think so, John. Uh, yeah. Thanks, man. That was a pleasure. No worries, mate. Well, thank you very much indeed. It was good to talk to you, and uh, I'm sure we'll catch up again. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Cheers.